Okay, so welcome back everybody. Thank you so much for joining. Be'ezrus Hashem. We're going to carry on with Sicha Saran, Rabbi Nachman's collection of advice and teachings, wisdom. We began last week, we didn't really get to actually see the piece from Sicha Saran inside, although we talked about the concept of Yashras in our times, what we're dealing with today, in this incredibly challenging, confusing infuriating, and also very beautiful time to be a Jew. When to be a Jew means more now than it did to, you know, a week ago, two weeks ago, at least on the conscious level of, of our perception of it. Not fundamentally. Fundamentally, to be a Jew is always the same all the time. But the way that we're experiencing being Jewish in such a circumstance is something so much more intense. So, so much more intense. And so we spoke about the Am Hayashar. We spoke about what that means, to have a heart open to the whole world. And what the Torah is supposed to help us transform into or reveal so deeply within ourselves so that we could continue to add light in the world despite the darkness, specifically because of the darkness, to commit to that, double down on that commitment and do whatever we can each in our own particular unique way to reveal the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world. We spoke about that last week. And now we're going to jump into the actual teaching from Sicha Saran, where Rabbi Nachman also addresses this concept of Yashras. So let's take a look at Sicha Saran Ayin Ches. And the Rebbe says like this, Kal Probably should be a base there before the call. Bichal ha'olam, bichal makayim yesh yosher. Throughout the world and in every single place, there is yosher. There is goodness, uprightness, honesty. In every place, throughout the world, even a person who performs every kind of crazy avla in the world. Avla means like a distortion, a corruption. At the end of the end of the end of the day, pushed far enough, the human being will eventually express an inherent energy of humanity, of goodness. Now this again is assuming, especially in today's circumstances, this is assuming that a person is still a person, right? That a person is still human. There are gedarim, there are certain uh, signposts, basic, basic parameters that are required for a person to be considered a human being, after which it's not a matter of demonizing anybody else, it's the demonization of, of themselves by themselves and so, of course, we're speaking about people. We're speaking about a person who still merits to have this terminology called upon him or herself to be a human. But all the while that a person is a human, even though the person may exhibit lowly, distorted acts of corruption, at the end of the day, there is yosher baked into our essence. We're going to describe a little bit more because Rabbi Nachman brings a story that he himself witnessed 
We'll learn about that in a minute. But the Rebbe says, The difference is between different people, and again, B'nai Adam, we're not speaking about animals, we're speaking about B'nai Adam, by human beings, regular human beings. The question is only, when does that Yosher kick in? When is it revealed? There are some people, that the goodness within them is revealed Immediately, right at the start, at the outset. But there are other kinds of people. Where the goodness is only revealed later, further down the line. As the process already started and continued. And then much later, then kicks in their inherent goodness. We're going to see what this means in a minute. It's only after they've acted in a corrupt way already. Then the goodness kicks in. And then there are other people that it takes even longer. It only begins to reveal itself after that person has acted n- numerous times in a way of, of, of corruption. There are others who the goodness will only kick in even further yet down the line. Rabbi Nachman was resolute in his, in his certainty. That Yumatsi Gamboy Ezayosha. That in every human being, even though it might take a long time for it to be revealed, but in every human being there is Ezayosha. There is goodness within. Rakshu Harbe, it's just covered over. It's gonna take that person a lot of time to dig deep enough to reveal that goodness within them. And here he brings a story. Kamila Mashal, for example. So Yamai Sishri Isibakfar. He says, I saw, it's a, it's a rare thing. Rabbi Nachman says, it's not just a parable that he made up, it's a story that he himself witnessed. We know that Rabbi Nachman would travel a lot, all these mysterious journeys. So this is something that he saw himself in a village that he was traveling through. Shabbat Ishchayel, that a soldier came. Which is Merkevas Hadoar. Back then, of course, he didn't have trains. Um, certainly not accessible trains that were being used for the, the, the general citizenship. And so in order to get mail from one place or another, they had horses that would pull the posht, which is like post, merkevas hadar. They would bring the, uh, the, the mail from one place to another place. And so a soldier came and he approached one of the people in the town who had a horse outside his house. And he commanded him that he should give him this horse so that he could use it, Allah posht, to send his, uh, his mail. And the person didn't want to, to give his horse. But ultimately, there's this concept, usurpation, right? Where if it's the army and it's for the good of the, of the state or of the country, they have a right to be able to go ahead and to seize whatever they want and to stay in whichever house they want. And that's the rule of law. And that's the law of, of war. And this person wasn't so keen on the idea of giving up his horse. So what did he do? I'm sorry, he had to bribe him. He had to bribe him. Go to, the, go to my neighbor. He want his horse. I need my horse today. You need a horse to send your, your mail. Go to, go, to, go to someone else. And he bribed him. After some time, a second soldier came. The first one advised the second soldier to go and pretend that he was going to take the horses away from this guy. So that, because he sees this guy is bribing people. He's paying good money that people should seize someone else's horse and not take away his horse. 
So he went and he did that. And this poor villager had to bribe the second soldier again. And then a third soldier came. Now he really needed horses. It seems that the first two were playing some kind of game because they knew that this guy needed his horse and they wanted that he should bribe them so that they, they, they don't take his horse away. But it seems that the third soldier actually needed horses to send his mail. So maybe he didn't even know what happened the first two times, but he comes along and he's going to take horses from this guy to send his, to send his mail. Now this person, this villager, was having such a difficult day that he has to keep on shelling out money that people should leave him alone with his horse. He went to the first soldier who was, the, who was like the boss, who was in charge of the other, of the other soldiers to, to plead with him, just leave me alone, leave me alone. I bribed enough. And at this point, the, so, the first soldier who was the captain, who was in charge of the other two, he listened. And he commanded this third soldier to leave him alone to go somewhere else and not to bother him with his, with his horses. Nimsa says Rabbi Nachman, who was witnessing this whole tale, This thief, who was the first soldier, who played this whole game that he wanted to take the horses so that the guy would bribe him. And then he sent a second soldier to do the same thing and he bribed him again. When it came to the third soldier... At this point, a certain Rachmanus, a certain, not even Rachmanus, a certain Yashras, just a certain honesty kicked in. Bribing two times, he's happy to do, but a third time is already too much. Hischel HaYosher, that inherent sense for the upright goodness, that which is appropriate and right and correct to do. So by him, his inner Yosher, started after he already did two terrible things that he caused this person to have to pay two bribes for no reason. And then when it came time for the third soldier to do the same thing, at that point, his inner goodness kicked in and he said, this is too far. This is too far. So Rabbi Nachman explains, he wasn't a great guy, right? He, he was a robber, he was a thief. We saw the first two times he didn't mind to go ahead and to, and to cause this person such pain. And, he, and he, he made the guy miserable twice. At that point, that goodness that he had within, that yosher, that, that, um, that, that straightforwardness, revealed itself and it did not allow him to go ahead and carry on taking bribes from this poor hapless villager. Nimsa says Rabbi Nachman we find that every place in the world and in every person in the world there is goodness. The only difference is how far does a person need to be pushed for that goodness to reveal itself and understand this well. And of course, this teaching correlates very closely with Rabbi Nachman's teaching about the Nikuda Tova. That Rabbi Nachman believed resolutely that in every single human being, even the most wicked human being in the world, again, all the while that they're within the Geder, within the context of human beings, people that still fall within that category. For others, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we could say such a thing. Um, I don't know. Certainly not now. 
But al Kalpanim, for the overwhelming majority of the human race, that people are still begeder adam, they're, they're still within the parameters of, of human beings, Rabbi Nachman believed that there's an akuda tova there. There's something good. You can find something good inside. Something redeemable, something essential, something that's the true reflection of the essence of the person. So over there in Torah Reish Pebez, Rabbi Nachman refers to that as the Nakuda Tova, the drop of good. And over here he calls it Yosher. Yosher. Every person has Yosher within them. And it's an incredibly calming concept. Because the Rebbe isn't saying that every single person is really good and everyone's fine. The Rebbe is willing to recognize that some people are thieves and some people are brutal and, and some people are cruel or some people are disrespectful. Some people are ignorant. Some, some people are, are unfeeling. That's true. But that doesn't mean that we have to sum up the nature of society because of the way that it appears today. It's a very, very important thing. Because I don't know about you, but I'm sure some of you have felt the same way as I have the past couple of days where you, you just want to give up. You want to give up on, on humanity because it's one thing if a couple of animals storm you know, into Israel and butcher people. Listen, you know, a tiny, tiny, tiny minority of people living in a backward third world country raised on hate and, and, and filled with rage and... But that thousands and thousands of people are joining protests all around the world to support such behavior is something that's unfathomable. It's something that it's absolutely unfathomable. And, 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 and it's, it's, it's something that could push a person into despair because you're like, what's the, what's the point? Like if they still don't get it, if they after this, they still don't get it, it's like they're finished. So what's the use? What's the use? And it's easy to give up on humanity. It's easy to write them off. And it's easy to say, forget it. The world is, is, is just going to the dogs and, and, uh, and there's nothing we can do to stop it. And I was just reminding myself last night again and again and again and again that Rabbi Nachman meant what he said when he announced with a call gadol, with, an, with a loud voice that echoes still today to those who have an ear to hear it, Ein shum klal, that there's no despair. There's no footnote that says that there's no despair generally, you know, but if in 2023 Hamas should attack and then people protest all over the world, so then, then even I will agree, says, you know, Rabbi Nachman, that then it's okay to fall into despair. No. He said, There is never a circumstance which should cause a person to give up hope. Ever, 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 ever. And... It's, it's challenging, and that's, I think that's our avoda now, is, is, to, is to hold on tight, to hold on tight to faith in people, to hold on tight to faith in humanity, to hold on to faith in the world. And I think that this teaching could give us um, a, a, a strong chizuk to help us to do that. When we recognize what Rabbi Nachman said over here, that, yeah, sure, you know, at the moment, it could be that the yosher of many, many people is covered over. But ultimately, the human being is created with goodness baked into their, the, the, the core of their DNA. That, that's what humans are. 
That's what humans are. The haraya, that the world is not a billion times worse than it is now, which it could be. It could be a total nightmare. What happened there in, in South Israel over the period of seven hours could happen all the time, every day, all over the world, in every society, among every, every group of people. And it doesn't. And, and there's still a world. Overwhelmingly, people are good. Overwhelmingly. It is true. It is true. It is true. And... The loudest voices are always going to be those that are that are the, the the most brutish. That's just the way that the world works. It's always that way. Um, it's always that way, and the news is always going to magnify those streams of radicalism that cause a person when you you know just flick down a, a news feed and you think like this is the world. This is how that. It's not true. It's just not true. There's a lot of yosher, and even when there isn't, says Rabbi Nachman, it might show up later on. It might show up later on, but there's Yosher. And we have to already, therefore, respect the institution of, of, of Tzalem Elohim, that Hashem created man in His likeness. We have to respect that, believe in that. Even if some people's Tzalem Elohim will only become revealed further down the line. So we believe that every person is at the least a Tzalem Elohim in, potentia, in potential. Or that very deep inside of them, they have that Salam Alukim that's going to be revealed eventually. But this is a big chizuk. Let's read this line again. Nimsa says the Rebbe, it emerges, Shabachal The world is completely saturated with goodness. Rakshahachiluk, the distinction between people isn't whether they have Yosha or not. The question is Masai Maschil Hayosha. How deeply is it buried within? And also, just to correlate this and connect it to what we spoke last week about Am Yisrael, we spoke about being the Am Hayashar, and that Sefer Bereshis is called Sefer Hayashar because it talks about the Avos Haktoshim, whose spiritual DNA we carry and whose torch we still hoist high in our generation. People who are filled with the spirit of Yashras. That's who we are as a nation. We are the Yashras of the world. We have it so naturally. So naturally. It's the way that we educate our children. It's, it's, it's the way that we think and operate. Rachmanim Baishanim Goyim Lechasadim. To us, Yosher is a knee-jerk reaction. We are not a cruel people. We are a kind people. We've always been. We've always sought the good of the world, the good of humanity. We've always sought to add light where, where, where the world led us. If only the world would allow us. We're here. We're here. We're here. We're always here. We've been here. Eretz Yisrael is here. Israel is here. We're, we're here to add light to the world. And so part and parcel of that is to be the people who refuse to give up on humanity. Who refuse to give up on humanity. To see our Yosher reflected in the lives of others. And this is a key point. And says, says the Rebbe, This is a deeper understanding of what's written in the Zohar Kaddish, something extremely deep. Even on the left side, which is always associated with din and concealment of Hashem, there too, there's a right side and a left side. 
Even the left side has a, has a right side. There, there's still got to be some goodness there. There has to be. If there wasn't, then it wouldn't exist in the world. There's always a tzad of yashar. We just have to find it. There's always an akuda tova. Rakshiyamin shalahem, but by some people, their right side is rachik harbe, is further away, it's, it's more distant than even the left side of the right side, right? So the right side of the left side is so concealed that it's very, very distant. It's even more distant than the cruelty of the side of Kedusha, so to speak. It takes a long time to reveal it. Nimsa, but we, we find, says the Rebbe, there's always a right side. There's always goodness there. But it only comes out much later on. And it's more distant even than the left side of the side of holiness. But at the end of the day, it's there. At the end of the day, it's there. And the question is only when it reveals itself. And this is key to understand. Humans are good. Humans are good. And we have to magnify, we have to recognize and magnify every tiny expression of Yashris that we find, any tiny act of kindness. Wow, to blow our minds. Because human beings, as we've seen last week, have the capacity to be far more brutal and destructive than animals. Far more. Because we, we can be calculating. Not we, Chas Vashalom, a, a human, subhuman, can be calculating and, and perpetrate pain of a kind that we cannot fathom. And the fact that generally we don't is, is so special. It's, it's not something to take for granted. It's something to recognize and be thankful for and celebrate. And mamash celebrate. Okay, so that's Sikha Saran 78. Let's take a look at Sikha Saran 79. Ayn Tess. And here's a very fundamental teaching. And the Rebbe says, Why is it, says the Tzaddik, that when a person begins to make efforts in serving God, a person gets serious, a person takes on themselves Kabbalahs, a person gets a bit of a shock and they start really thinking about life and they start thinking about the way that they act and the way that they think and the things that they are happy about and the things that make them sad and how they spend their time and they decide that they're going to change and they decide that they're going to make a new start or if they decide to get close to the tzaddik emes the true tzaddikim that they want to really follow their their etzos and their guidance and, and to make a commitment to doing his spodados whatever it is immediately invariably ba'im alav hirhurim upulbulim gedailim that person will face major, major obstacles, major obstacles, challenges that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And this is like, it's just a common thing that people experience when they try to do something good and they meet with obstacles. And not only do they meet with obstacles externally, but even internally, they can find themselves in more of a state of confusion or, or sadness or anxiety or, or, or impurity maybe even than they, than they, than they had before. How do we understand this? It should be the opposite. Says the Rebbe, it's very simple. This is likened to a parable, to a klimayim, to a pot that's filled with water. You walk into the kitchen and you don't know who put the pot of water there, but there's a water, there's a pot filled with water on a stove. Now, when you look at the water, it looks like it's clear. 
totally clear water and the bottom of the pot is, is maybe black. It's black on the inside. The water looks totally clear. You look into it and it's fine. When you turn on the stove because you want to heat the water up and the water starts to heat and the molecules start banging into each other and the water starts to boil and it starts to bubble at the top and things start to move around, so the water gets troubled. If there were any pieces or any spices or any, any dregs sitting at the bottom of the water, when you heat up the water, things start to move around, all of that's going to come to the surface. You're going to say, wow, the water isn't as clean as I thought it was. Then you're going to need a person sitting there with a little bit of a, of a net of some kind and scooping out, or a spoon, and scooping out all of the, all of the impurities that are in the water that are rising to the top on account of having boiled the water. You have to scoop it out. Says the Rebbe, Now the water looks so perfectly clear. But then when things heat up, then the impurities come to the top. Then when we have the opportunity now, which we didn't before, to clear out the water because everything's rising to the top, then the water will actually be clear as it appeared to be, but now mamish, it's totally clear. Says the Rebbe, it's the same thing. Before a person begins to take this journey to serve God, good and less than good are mixed up within the person. Totally mixed up, one with the other. Now, and since they're so intertwined within the person, the person might not even be aware that they have anything to fix. They might not be as sensitive to the parts within themselves that they recognize, wow, like that, that's something I have, to, I, have, I have to work on. They might not even care about it. They might not even be aware of it because it's not on the radar. Because the water looks clear and every bad mida has been covered over and sunk into the bottom. And the answer and the reason is, is because there's no fire under the pot. And so everything might look good and the person might be of calm consciousness because they're not really thinking much about life. And so on the surface, they think that they're fine. But the truth is, when the fire is turned on in their life and they start recognizing life is serious, how many people have had that thought just over the last week when we start really thinking about life and really thinking, what does it mean to be a Jew? What does it mean to be a soldier of, of light? What does it mean to add light into the world? How many people kept Shabbos this week who never kept Shabbos before? How many people lit Shabbos candles? How many people are putting on tefillin? How many people are, are doing everything that they can to connect to their heritage, which is all we have. It's, it's the only thing that really defines what, what it is to be a Jew, is our Torah, is, is our, our teaching, our tradition. So when a person begins that journey, then things start to move, things are moving. And when things are moving, then it can cause a lot of stuff that's bottled up and repressed 
and deeply enmeshed within a very, very hidden place within our psyche and our emotions comes to the surface. And it's a good thing. Says the Rebbe, a lot of people get discouraged by this. The Rebbe says, no, this shows that the fire is on. Something's happening to you. It shows that something's happening. It's good. Something's working. Then, when a person begins to enter into this journey of serving God, it begins to draw close to a tzaddik that can, as we're going to see from Ramnasan in a minute, to a tzaddik that could, that could give guidance to help us to help us clarify who we are, what we're all about, and give us practical guidance as to how we can take further steps along this spiritual journey. So as I then the person begins to become refined and clean and cleared. And then all the negative thoughts and things and, and feelings, it's all going to come up. It's all going to come up. It's like a person who's in therapy, right? It, it, all the while that we're not getting any insights or feeling emotion and things are still, we're, we're numb, so nothing's happening, right? But the moment that, okay, the tears come and the moment that we could really feel deep, it's unpleasant, but it's healing, right? That, that is the healing. It means that, okay, so surgery, something's, something's opening up. So it's dirty a little bit, of course, because we're cutting you open, right? Meaning that that's, that's, it, that's the healing, we're putting people back together. Says the Rebbe, that's what's going on. So when we're going through this process, let's be a pikeach, let's be wise. And so we need to have a part of us that's removed from this whole experience, meaning there's a part of us that understands why this is happening, that's not movable because of this, that doesn't start to look down on ourselves or to think that our efforts are not paying off and that we're, 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 we're even worse off now than we were before and, and Hashem doesn't want it. None of these thoughts, no. The process is, is perfect. It's, it's proceeding exactly according to plan. But you have a part of yourself that recognizes that, recognizes that, and therefore is able just like that person with the pot with, with, that's heating up to just scoop out, just scoop it out, scoop it out. Now's the time to be able to reflect and to see what's coming up and to work on those things. We have the privilege, Rabbi Nachman teaches in another place in the Kutumran, Tarek of Zion, that Rabbi Nachman says if a person fell into certain Averos because of certain ways of thinking or thinking about certain things, then when he goes down the path of tshuva, he's going to have to be accosted by those thoughts again. And it's a gift because this time he has the opportunity to, to ignore them, not to engage with them. And when he does that, that's the perfect tshuva that the Ramam calls tshuva samishkal. That's the even equal tshuva that now we mamish didn't do what we did the first time. So it's a gift. So sometimes a person can be gifted that experience and say, wow, it must be that Hashem doesn't want my tshuva and it must be that I can't fix anything and I'm the same guy that I thought that I, I, I had left behind and I'm, I'll always be this way. And it's the opposite. That, that's not what Hashem is, is, is sending us those thoughts for. On the contrary, Hashem is trying to aid us in our tshuva process. It's not Hashem pushing us away. It's Hashem mom is pulling us close to Him with both hands. And Hashem is saying, hey, this is what you need to work on and you can do it and you can do it. And the proof that you can do it is that look how much you've already accomplished that you're at the stage where the water is boiling to the extent that things are coming up to the surface. That's all it is. So it's a reframing what our experience of challenges are when we begin the journey toward HaKadosh Baruch Hu's embrace. 
So the Rebbe says again, we need to have that element within us, that part within us, so to speak. That's just helping us to, to remove that part of us, to remind us, you are not that. That is the voice of the Nachash. That is the voice of an external being. It's not who you are. And now it's all coming to the surface because it's it's getting real and it's heating up and and, and, and the Yetzirah the is giving it all, he, all he's got. But don't become discouraged. Don't become discouraged by this. On the contrary, it's a gift. Scoop it out. Scoop it out and clean the water. And then after that process, then the water will remain it will be absolutely clean and absolutely pure. Says the Rebbe, really, I'm able to just separate a person entirely from all the dirt and all the dust right away. And it is possible. But unfortunately for so many of us, the good is so enmeshed with, with, with the less good that it's possible that if we were to remove all of, the, all of the bad immediately and we wouldn't work through a process, then we can lose a lot of good stuff too. Because you just scoop out the whole cancer. You can scoop out the person's liver also, right? So it has to be a very, very delicate, delicate process. And it takes time. And it takes time. We need patience. Patience. And the Rebbe actually uses that word. In the next sentence, Al-Kain, therefore, Ha-Hechrich, it is crucial, Leos Mason, for a person to allow the process to unfold. Step after step, Ma'at, Ma'at, until you become a little bit better and a little bit better and you work on things and you think things through and remember that the journey is the destination, the, the journey itself, the insights that we gain through working through the challenging stuff and, and, <clears throat> and, and reflecting on, on, on previous experiences that we've had, whether growing up or, or other experiences that caused us and formed us and shaped us, that that's all prime material. It's not something that we should leave behind and then change from one degree, you know, from one, like 180 degrees, like a whole, whole different person from one day to the next. You go slow, go slow. And by the way, it's very, very possible to say that the same thing applies um, in general. For the world at large, we know that Adam, each human, is just a microcosm of the whole entire world. And the world is also in a tshuva process. The world is in a tshuva process. The world is getting better and better, closer and closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we're seeing it now. When things heat up, the evil is going to come to the surface. It's, it, that's just what it's going to be. The, Hashem created the world. It's always, it's always a balance. It's always an exact balance. And so if we're witnessing today, playing out literally in front of our eyes, Hashem Yishmar, Kodesh Baruch should protect all the Chayalim, Kodesh Baruch should protect all Yoshev, Eretz Yisrael, and Jews all around the world. But if we're witnessing evil, like, like in its most, in its most intense and lucid form, then we have to recognize that things are heating up. Things are heating up and there's a lot of goodness. There's a lot of goodness. 
There is a lot of goodness, and slowly but surely, see, we thought that it would happen now, and the world would finally see it. And, and we, who could have believed, Matsyantev, that five, three days later, thousands of people would be marching in, in, in North London? You know, who, I mean, it's, 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 it's shocking and bewildering and upsetting and distressing and, and nauseating. It's, it's beyond, right? But we have to believe that la'at, la'at, little by little by little, things are being gained and the world is seeing and the world is going to see. The world is going to see. They see it on display. The unity of Am Yisrael, the love that we have for each other, the decency that we have toward the world. And we need to hold on to MS. We need to hold on to our truth, to our light. Little by little by little. We see all the ugliness rising to the surface. It's because there's a fire underneath this pot. There's a fire underneath this world. The world is on fire. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is, is cooking the gula. You know, he's, Mom, she's cooking the redemption. It's, 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 it's a process. Hashem is the Baal Habira. Avram Avinu saw a palace on fire. He said, who, who owns this palace? The world is on fire. Hashem is doing, is doing, is bringing the world toward, toward its redemption. And that's why we see so much of what we see today. Because things are, things are heating up. But the main thing is in our own spiritual growth, la'at, la'at, la'at. Sometimes after Yom Kippur this can happen or in the beginning of a year, after a person has such intensely holy days and then everything falls apart. It's like, wow, I'm the same old guy that I was and nothing was gained and I, I'll always be the same. And it's not, it's not, it's on the contrary. Because it's so good and because we've done so much tshuva and because the pot is heated up, so then things are rising to the surface. We can deal with with those things. If we if we go with strength and without despair. Let's just read a few lines from Rabnasan in a letter in Alam Latrufa. Where the Heliger Rabnasan, Rabbi Nachman's Talmud writes the following. He says, He says, it's known to doctors. That a person has a virus and they take antibiotics, it's like a bit of a war that's taking place. There's cells that are battling one with the other. The There's like a war between them. When the when the when the illness, so to speak, of course, doesn't mean literally, when it sees, when it senses on a subconscious, a cellular level, when it senses that a person's trying to fight it with medicine or a person's trying to put a bandage over it with ointment or whatever it is that a person's trying to take care of, the, of, of, of whatever they're suffering from. When the antibiotic starts to, starts to kick in, and it begins to attempt to cure the, the illness. The person, the person will oftentimes become more ill than they were. The illness or the sense of illness can intensify. The person, everybody knows, if you have a, a bad fever, a virus or something, right before it's about to go, you feel the sickest. You just night sweats and, and, and weakness as it's leaving your body. That, that's what happens. Cesar of Nasset, on the one hand, it's because there's a, there's a battle going on. And when one side is intensifying, the other side's going to intensify to the same degree. 
Takev Mesar Hamachlov is Gabra's Chazak Neged Asam. It's going to try to push back against it. So it's going to be very hard to know. Like, is it working? Is it not working? At least at the way that medicine was in, in their times, he says it was a very imprecise science. Today it's very different. But back then it was totally imprecise. And this was the reason that Ramnasa and Rabbi Nachman felt that it's better to stay away because the statistics weren't that great. Right? Many more people were, were hurt by doctors than those that were healed by doctors. But back then, they didn't know how to, how to deal with this. And they were killing people by curing them because of this. They made things worse and they couldn't handle it. It's the same thing with all of us. To one degree or another. People who are, who are trying to heal. That's what we're in this world to do. We're here to heal. We're not here to be perfect. We're here to start off with so much damage that we need to choose either the path of carrying on in a damaged state or trying to heal ourselves and thereby healing the world. Those are the two options that we have in front of us. So it's true for all of us. says, Whoever is greater than his peer, has a stronger counterforce. And the same is true for our generation, that we have such an incredibly wondrous generation and our souls are so big, so big. Our neshamas are so big. And the, how we feel today more than we ever felt before, how we demand to feel and to, and to experience Yiddishkeit, the yearning and the kindness and the chesed. There's never been a generation like ours. And so we're dealing with a whole lot more, not despite that, but specifically because of that. Because we are the healing, and so the illness of the world, the evil in the world, sees that it, it's it's about to it's about to to be overtaken. And so it's the same thing when we try to intensify our efforts in kedusha were met with major resistance. And it's a good sign. It's not a bad thing. It's a good sign. It shows us that we're, that we're, we're being productive. We're, we're doing something. It says, if we don't approach this with the right perspective, we can become despondent. We can become discouraged. We can give up. Many, many people have fallen because of this. Who in so many different ways encouraged us and he spoke so much about this experience, this normal experience that we all go through. To comfort and encourage every single individual to strengthen us with wondrous, wondrous advice and, and comforting like his name is Nachman, Nachman, the one who consoles, the one who comforts. That's what he was sent to Am Yisrael to do. The Todalakel says Reb Nassan in this letter, he says, thank the Lord. Yeshlonu doctor kaze. Oh, do we have a doctor? Says Reb Nachman's mom is a doctor. Shabakim ayid berefuas nafsheinu ad tachlisay ad asoifa achron, who is an expert in healing our souls until the sofa achron, until the very last moment of history. Like Rabbi Nachman himself said, My fire, he said, will burn until Mashiach comes. My fire, a fire under the pot of water. 
that brings up a lot of, a lot of ugly stuff. But it's good because it's in the context of healing. And if we approach it properly, it aids us. It doesn't, doesn't drag us down. And even outside of his advice, just to be connected to such a tzaddik, just to be learning his Torah, just to be aware that there was a tzaddik like this, if you didn't hear anything else from Rabbi Nachman outside of Ein Shemir, to believe that there is no despair in the world and at the moment that you want to give up on life and you want to crawl back into bed and you want to say it's useless and it's hopeless and I can't, my efforts are pointless. And I'm telling you thoughts that I've had in the last couple of days. I, I know that I'm not alone. When you're facing such darkness, we can hear, again, it might be very faint, but we can hear the echo of Rabbeinu HaKadosh deep inside, still hollering from his deathbed in Ukraine 280 years ago. Ein Shomir. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep on going. Keep on adding light. You have Yashras inside of you. The world has Yashras inside of it. Believe that. Believe that people are good. Don't fall into the Kriras of Amalek that's going to cause us to chas v'shalom think that all people are represented by the most radical fringes of, of, of evil. No, people are good. And the world is getting better. We have to believe that. That's Amuna. Hashem is running the world. Hashem is running the world. And if there's a lot of darkness, that means that there's a lot of light that's shining in today's generation, increasingly so. And particularly for those of us that are literally here on the front lines in a spiritual sense, who know what needs to be fixed in our generation, who is learning the Torah that we need for our neshamas, trying to share it with the world in any small way that we can, this is the great fixing. Am Yisrael is waking up. We need a strong Am Yisrael. We need a healthy Am Yisrael to be able to unite and to activate and then to bring our message to the world. We have to be strong. We have to be healthy. We have to be lit up. And Baruch Hashem, that's, that's what's happening. It is happening. So, Ashrenu, what a painful time to be alive. What a, what a wordlessly excruciating experience Am Yisrael is having beyond words. And at the very same time, without negating an iota of that, of that pain is, is, is an understatement, agony, it's a beautiful time to be alive too. It's a beautiful time to be alive. We don't have to compare or contrast our generation to any other generations. It's just, it's something new. Our, our dar is a dar of, 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 of a chiddush, of a pele. It's, it's just something new. And, uh, and we're, we're going to rock it. We're doing great. We're going to continue doing great. And let's just stand there, you know, just with big consciousness, scooping out the evil where we see it. Scooping out, believing it's a process. HaKadosh Baruch who's running the show. And uh, we should see the yosher of humanity kick in. We should see people really just... Become aware that it's, it's enough. En die, die, die. It's enough. Enough causing pain to each other. Enough driving the world into, into chaos. Enough. Enough. Let's be kind to one another. Let's connect very deeply to our essential midos of Rachmanim, Baishanim, Gomli, Chasadim. And let's believe in our little bit. Our little bit. Little bit of light. Pushes away a lot of darkness. Darkness could be quantitatively bigger, 
but the light, even a drop of it, is qualitatively stronger. And so it's not, it's not a proportionate, like, well, look how much darkness there is and look at our light. It doesn't work that way because it could be a whole dark room, one little flame, and the whole thing is lit up, right? So just a little bit, a little bit, a capital to heal, it makes a difference. A tiny mitzvah, just one kind word. We can't, we have, you, me and you can't change the whole world. You know, maybe you can, I don't know. You know, but a little bit, a little bit, a little bit goes a whole, whole long, very long way. So that's my blessing. But as a Hashem, we should only hear good news. We should hear Nisim Vinefla'is, that Hashem is waiting to shower upon us. We could already, like the Bredich Varav, we could already start celebrating the Nisim even before they happen, which is real bitachon. We could already do a little dance, you know, amidst the, the pool of our tears. We could do a little bit of a dance and we can be certain that, that great things, great things are happening in the world. We should be zechah to see the binyan bayashlishi b'mher b'amenu amen b'amen the unification of all people to be one humanity serving a kadosh baruch Hu, living life aligned with ms and sweetness and harmony. That's all we want. That's all we want. Be'ezus Hashem. Okay, chaver, thank you so much for joining. We will continue be'ezus Hashem next week Monday with our journey through Rabbi Nachman's teachings. Thank you. Thank you. Should only hear good news. Be'ezus Hashem.